Hey guys, it's your newest crew member Lisa here with another chapter of Kinky Claus's awesome fanfic. Before we get into the fanfic though, there is a bit of good being human news we wanted to share with you guys. On November 21st, Toby Whitehouse and Being Human picked up the award for Best Television Drama Series at this year's Writers Guild of Great Britain Awards. According to the Stage News website, the Writers Guild of Great Britain Awards are the only awards in Great Britain in which writers are honored by their peers, and Being Human beat Doctor Who and Ashes to Ashes to win in the drama series category. So congratulations to them. It's nice to see the writers getting such awesome and well-deserved recognition for the amazing work they put into our little show that could. Anyway, back to the fanfic. This chapter is read by the multi-talented Kim Butler, who, among other things, is one of the producers of Buffy Between the Lines, Angel Between the Lines, and the coming soon Firefly Between the Lines. She also has a great Buffy-themed podcast called Upside Down and Halfway to Happy Land, and I'll play a quick promo for that before she reads you the chapter. Then stay tuned after the chapter for an announcement about Firefly Between the Lines and how you can join in all the Between the Lines fun with us. So enjoy, guys! We all love the Buffyverse, and it means something to each of us. I've made so many great friends because of this one show, because of this one connection through this silly little television show. It was a show about people. I identified with Xander, of course. They were going to blow up the school, so I wanted to see them blow up the school. At which point I go into my regular spiel about the quality of the writing, the emotional resonance of the action, and the ability Allison Hannigan has to make your heart break when she cries. Upside Down and Halfway to Happy Land explores the things we love best in the Buffyverse. From the perspective of the everyday fan, check out our discussions on characters. Getting back to Jonathan, I guess I, I like his character a lot, but I think I wouldn't like it if he was in every episode. Detrimental to the rest of the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point. So, like, Selfish Willow is where someone thinks that gone wrong. Individual episodes. Um, also, there's so many references to the rest of the stories. And, and I remember in the freshman episode when um, Sunday, the vampire that was after Buffy, when she took... And general Buffyverse topics. Because he is, I mean, he is actually in the, in the Buffyverse, I think, the most dynamic in the view of whether someone has a soul and, and how it affects them. Because yeah. you have three aspects. Yeah, unfortunately. So she's just a good girl gone lame for me. <laughs> so, check out Upside Down and Halfway to Happy Land. The place where just being a fan means something. You can find Upside Down and Halfway to Happy Land on iTunes, or you can check out the website at www.upsidedownhappyland.com for more details. So, um, <clears throat> tell me about yourself. What would you like to know? Um... Chapter 3 Annie Sawyer sat at the table in the canteen as Mitchell returned with two steaming hot cups of coffee. He placed one in front of her, for the sake of appearances, and settled into the seat opposite. That's weird, he commented idly, using a plastic spoon to swish the coffee around in his cup. What is? Annie asked looking around herself at the three or four people scattered around. I thought, someone who's usually on shift isn't here today. That's all, he replied thoughtfully. Annie really felt like Mitchell was keeping something from her. Something big. A friend? 
Mitchell shrugged lightly. Not really. I know her by sight, but I don't know her name. She's usually serving on weeknights. Maybe she just got off shift early or something. It's not important. A long silence stretched out between them. Mitchell was lost so deeply in thought that Annie didn't want to interrupt him. She considered the situation. Everything felt different. There was a vestige of hope in the air, as if maybe things might actually be all right. Annie toyed with the cup in front of her, watching as Mitchell drank his coffee and listening to the constant low susurrus of the dead she was now fully aware of, both inside and away from the hospital. It didn't hit her as strongly as the cry from the vampire victims in that awful room in The Undertaker's. She was perhaps getting used to it already. Trying hard to concentrate, she managed to pick out the odd phrase here and there. But they saddened her. The cries of, Why me? or other utterances to that effect. A couple of relieved voices swirled around, thankful that their suffering was over. One voice stood out. A long, protracted, no, oh no, please, no! When she heard that one, it frightened her, and she stopped concentrating. The voices receded, almost like the static of a mistuned analog radio. A man, looking dead on his feet, trudged past them and sat at the table near the fire exit. He caught her attention by the way he held his head wearily in his hands, dark circles hanging under his eyes, and longish blonde hair hanging down in strands. Annie, who was facing him, watched in sympathy. He was the face of a man who was lost. Abruptly, she got to her feet and carried her mug of coffee over. Here, you look like you could use this more than me, she said, placing the cup on the table in front of him. The man, pale and unshaven, looked up. I couldn't... I haven't gotten any... He began protesting softly in a very distracted manner. But Annie held up a hand. Don't be silly. Drink up. She smiled warmly and drew from him a grateful look. I I don't have enough money to pay for this, he said, wrapping his thin fingers around the cup, obviously reveling in the heat it was giving off, but not drinking. Drink it and we'll call it even, she said, sliding into the chair to sit with him. She glanced over his shoulder to find Mitchell looking at her and nodding approvingly. He then looked away, returning to those serious thoughts he was indulged in. I'm Annie, she said offering a friendly hand. The man looked at her for a moment, then took the gesture as it was intended. Releasing her fingers, he gave her a watery smile. Michael, your hand is freezing, he commented idly. She responded carefully. It's a little cold outside, she said by way of explanation, to blurt out, well, actually, I'm dead, might not be the best approach. Michael brought the cup to his lips and sipped gingerly. He winced as he swallowed and then shot him an apologetic look at Annie. The three sugars that Mitchell habitually had were obviously too much, so he held the drink in his hands instead. So what brings you here? Annie, is it? he asked. Annie nodded. I'm visiting a friend. He's had a rough night, but I think he's going to be all right, she replied truthfully. What about you? My wife, um, we, well, she had a car accident. Michael's voice cracked, and he looked down at the table. "'Oh, I'm so sorry. Will she be all right?' Annie asked, instinctively touching the man's hand. "'I don't know. But I don't know if I—' Michael stopped, as Mitchell moved up beside them, taking the spare seat to Annie's right, Michael's left. 
He smiled distractedly, and for once Annie cursed his timing. I couldn't help overhearing, Mitchell asked calmly. When did you die, Michael? The realization struck Annie, who hadn't known why she felt drawn to the man, just that she was. Michael sighed. I don't know. So I am dead, then? Michael asked querulously, looking first at Annie, then at Mitchell. The vampire nodded sympathetically. The ghost straightened his shoulders, looking between Mitchell and Annie. I thought I was, but I didn't know for sure. The ghost seemed to take the revelation in his stride. And you two are... are dead, too? I am. Mitchell's a vampire, Annie said matter-of-factly, still bemused as to how she could have missed the obvious. Mitchell? Michael looked taken aback. John Mitchell? Mitchell moved back in his chair, finding this recognition unsettling somehow. Might be. They told me about you. Michael, all of a sudden, didn't seem as down or nervous as he leaned forward, arms on the table around the already forgotten coffee. A peculiarly intense expression settled on the dead man's face. They told me all about you and your little companions. His eyes flicked toward Annie. Nina finally had George dressed in his jeans and shirt. It had been awkward with George being practically a dead weight, but she managed. It was no worse than dealing with Mrs. Whitaker, though, in retrospect. Now she sat beside him, doing up his buttons as he continued to sleep deeply when she paused. Those twisted scars on George's shoulder peeked out from under the shirt, drawing her attention. Looking around... Nina unbuttoned her cuff and rolled back her sleeve. The fabric pulled at her skin as she separated it from the wounds beneath, and she drew in a hiss of breath through her clenched teeth. Holding up her right arm, she compared the marks to those on George's shoulder. They looked similar in spacing. Hastily pulling her sleeve back down in case the others returned, she wondered if his story of an accident as a child was really true. What are you doing listening to podcasts on the Cortex when you're supposed to be searching for the Tams? I am looking for the Tams. By listening to Angel Between the Lines again? As a matter of fact, Between the Lines Studios is almost finished with the Angel Show. So what do you expect them to do next? Dr. Horrible Between the Lines? Tales of the Destroyer? I've been waiting for that one for years. No, Goramit. Firefly Between the Lines. Firefly? Serenity, the ship the Tams are hiding on. So, if we listen to the Firefly Between the Lines audio drama, we will have an idea where the Tams are. Better. We sign up for auditions and go undercover to look for the Tams directly. Auditions are from December 1st to December 18th. All we have to do is go to fireflybetweenthelines.com and sign up. Dongma? Shiny. I'll tell the boss about this right away. Between the Lines Studios will be looking for some shiny crew to fill out Serenity for Firefly Between the Lines. Look for more information at fireflybetweenthelines.com. You'll tell him it was my idea, right? 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 Hey, I should get the credit and the promotion. My idea, Gramit. So that's it for this mini-episode. If you're enjoying the fanfic, we'd love to hear from you. And I'm sure Kiki Claus would love to get your feedback on her story as well. Also, if you're interested in reading an upcoming chapter of her fanfic for us, please let us know. 
Even if you've never recorded anything for a podcast before, we can help make that happen for you. Just drop us a line at feedback at beinghumancast.com or leave a comment under this post at the website. That's www.beinghumancast.com. Take care, guys, and we'll chat with you in another couple of weeks. Bye. We'll see you later. Okay. I'll see you later, guys. Being Human Cast is a non-profit podcast. Being Human is owned by the BBC and Touch Paper. No copyright infringement is intended. Music used is from Podsafe Audio. You can contact us at feedback at beinghumancast.com or via our website, www.beinghumancast.com. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll be here. We'll see you later.